How's it going, everybody? This is the Buns and Thighs podcast. It is a fitness podcast. I am the host, Timothy Hilly, and this is my client, Duncan. I'm not going to put his last name out there, <laughs> but uh, I, I I have some great news. Uh, I have a lot of stuff to talk about, and um, we co-host this together. Uh, there's going to be other clients on here as well as uh, the gym grows. But guess what? There's a gym now. So I'm opening my gym. It's called PT&C Gym, Personal Trainer and Company. That is my LLC. And uh, it's in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And it's been a mega journey of a jigsaw puzzle that with all the pieces the same color. That's, that's basically how I, um, I can describe this. A uh, few things we're going to talk about is entrepreneurship. Um, we're going to talk about uh, steps that I've taken since then, why the podcast has not been a priority lately. Um, we're going to talk about Duncan's progress because he's actually hit a lot of goals since then, since our sixth episode. This is our seventh. And uh, Duncan, do you have anything that you want to talk about? Um, one, you already know that entrepreneurship is of extreme interest to me just as a concept and also an application. So definitely yeah. that. But also in catching everybody up um, in terms of like what they've missed and what has happened. <laughs> I, I had a wonderful two months where I was sick, essentially, involving a three-day uh, hospital visit. And it cast my body into all sorts of fun, fun things that I had to sort through. And I'd love to be able to chat a little bit about that. Not kind of as a whine fest, though, poor me, but more what I have learned through it and kind of how to keep moving forward because I've had to get to know my body quite a bit more than I had before, um, which we'll just leave it there for now until we get back to it. All right. So uh, the first thing I want to kick off is uh, Duncan's progress. Um, by the way, the order of which I said things uh, is not the order that we're going to do it. And it's not the entire list. Uh, we might actually go off into tangents, which we often do. All right, so uh, Duncan's progress. I think the last time we uh, left off, you were we were we were training out of my basement, and uh, you were able to do squats pretty effectively. We we're learning the Romanian deadlift and uh, touching upon the um, bent over row, and we hadn't we hadn't fully gotten that mastered yet. Um, now um, Duncan is, in my opinion. Fully mastered the squat. He has uh, done a lot with deadlifts. Uh, we still have a little tweaks to do with deadlifts, but deadlift, even for a major professional, is an ongoing journey. Um, and the bent over row, he is much more proficient in. Um, we're learning a lot about food and uh, consequences. <laughs> so, uh, Duncan, you, do you, uh, you want to kind of, um, in your own words, catch up? The giant gap that uh, that there has been between the basement in um, over in Fountain to us training at the gym now. Yes. Uh, ooh. Oh, where to start? We'll start with let's start with squats. So one of the reasons, going way, way, way back over a year ago, before I had even started with you, one of the main reasons I even sought out a trainer was because I had gone to the gym back in oh, July or so. My dog just farted, and, and it is terrible. 
It, I'm watching my friend's dog. He did that in the car yesterday while I was bringing him home. I'm like, you better not have crapped in the car. And then I realized it wasn't. I just oh, my, do you want to hear something? And sure. Okay. So two weeks ago, my dog crapped in my Mustang. No, not the. Well, it wouldn't matter what car it was. But it's not leather. Mustang. It's leather seats, but still, like, she had diarrhea, and she's. I, I woke up and I was like, <laughs> "All right, I'm gonna go get, I'm gonna go get something from the uh, from the gas station real quick." And uh, I went to. The, I was going to the gas station, and she was looking at me like, "I want to go." I did not understand in dog and ease that she was actually saying, "I have to go to the bathroom now." <laughs> and I thought she was saying, "I want to go with you, Dad." And I was like, "Oh, this is so cute. Okay, fine, you can come." And so I got her in, got her in the car, and uh, and most people were like, "Why are you letting a, a German Shepherd in a Mustang?" Because I love my dogs. That's why. I also love yeah. the car, but I love my dogs more. And um, so we were heading over. I come back out of the gas station, and there's just shit everywhere. Everywhere. I had to disinfect the entire thing. I almost just set the whole car on fire. It was. I bet the drive home was rancid. I was, I was so upset. It was so upset, and I have disinfected that thing seven times since then, and it now smells like a clinic, like a. It's, it, <laughs> it now smells like pure nail polish remover. That, that's what my car smells like right now. It's gonna say, go get a candle, burn it, and pray to a saint or something. They'll clean it. I I um, fully like. Uh, I think if if I could clean it anymore, I would have to take the seats entirely out, and and take apart the upholstery yeah. and scrub the backsides. But I, I caught it quick enough, and there's no smell. There's nothing left. But yeah, I'm, I that was a I was very upset. <laughs> so, anyways, continue. I'm sorry. Oh, you're fine. Good detour. Um, so squats. So back in the day, I it was like July. I'd gone on this like leadership type conference, and I came out of it feeling extremely just motivated in all walks of life. And so I thought, you know, it's about time I got this fitness thing under control so i went to the gym and i put on the weights and i thought ah, i'm not going to be a little pansy about it i can add more so i put more on did a squat came up and that was that uh blew out my back well, that was and fast. So I, oh yeah literally it was on i think the first one maybe the second and went to well i i tried to just rest and let it heal so that was a process of maybe a month or so um just you know rest it's feeling okay then i would go back to the gym do more squats hurt it again and i did that like three separate times continuing lowering the weight i thought okay fine this is like the minimum amount of weight that i could possibly do maybe i'll be able to build muscle without hurting it nope hurt it again so a friend of mine who works for a uh, an orthopedic doctor back in albuquerque said hey i can get you an appointment I said, yeah do that so i went in they got me in they said we're going to take some x-rays and then when they looked at the x-ray, they said, eh, we can't exactly tell what it is. Uh, we would need to do an MRI, but of course, insurance isn't going to cover an MRI until you've done physical therapy. Of course not. So I did physical therapy for six weeks that started in, I don't know, like November or something. I, November? Whatever, it doesn't matter. And that helped. It definitely helped. I still believe that you helped more. But that was about the time that I realized I am inept. I am incompetent. I have no clue what I'm doing at the gym. I can either get on the machines, which, you know, no, no harm, no foul. If anyone out there is a machine person uh, necessarily, but I didn't know what else to do. So around that time, I got solicited by a 
an influencer, a fitness person on Instagram, which I later found out that was a bot. I don't know why it didn't register with me at first. It's, it was like 210,000 followers. You of got botfished. Out. I did. Wait, what's it called? I, I call it botfished. You got botfished. I, I totally did. Because because I, I you know got a message from him on Instagram and I was like, what the heck? Like, how in the world did you find me? You've answered my prayers. And I have a friend back in Albuquerque, my best friend, who is also a per, uh, personal trainer. So I reached out to him and said, what do you think? He said, Duncan, if you're serious about getting a trainer, go for it. But don't go with like an online influencer that got you on Instagram. Like, what yeah, are you thinking, Duncan? No. I'm like, but he's like, he's got like the hot body. He can help me. Look at him. And I've, I've come down from that, obviously, because anyway, we'll get back to squats. So I remember the very first time that we had our in-person, like first in-person session and you, you had a bar. I don't know where you got it. It was just a bar. It wasn't like a, like a weight or anything, but it was a bar. And you told me to do a squat and I kind of did one. And you in that session started pointing out, like, try this, try this, try this. And I think the entirety of the session was you tweaking things and saying, okay, now try a squat. And I was like, can't do much. You go, okay, well, you know, that's what you got to work on because what I have just done is corrected your form to the point where if you were able to do it as you stand, it would be perfect, perfect form. But you can't do it right now, so we got some work to do. <laughs> and so I believe it was like a several month long journey of corrective exercise and mobility work and all of these little course corrections. Um, I like to think of it like like a missile. I don't know what the name of that specific missile is, but you know how like when a missile is fired and it doesn't automatically, how do I put it? It's not just, oh, it launched from here, it will hit here. Like there are so many mechanisms within it that have to course correct every 0 0.05 seconds, like so that it can get oh, its target. Yeah, okay. Yeah, a little long-winded of an analogy, but hopefully that made sense. That's kind of how I feel about squats in general is you're pointing out to me today that like Duncan, those look like perfect squats. And of course I'm like, eh. and then when I'm done, I'm like, really? Thank you. Cause it was a big <laughs> deal for me. I was really happy about that. Um, the squats sucked while I was doing them, but afterwards I thought, well, damn, I think that's one lesson I've had to learn about fitness in general is I really, really, I don't know if I believed it to be true or if I just wanted it to be true. I wanted the whole 90 day reset thing. Like if I work out hard for 90 days, I can go from potato with toothpicks sticking out of it to Dorito. And I've had to have a lot more. <laughs> potato <patience>. with toothpicks. <laughs> yeah. So That's I've had funny. to have a lot more patience on this fitness journey than just to expect the uh, instantaneous results that I kind of hoped for. Um, so that's the squats, the deadlifts. Funny enough, back in 2017, I had a similar experience. I blew up my back doing a deadlift. And um, yeah, so I had not even attempted deadlifts. That was like the first time I had attempted it anyway in 2017. And I was what, 28. So I've essentially never done deadlifts before you. And so that was actually, I had a lot of fear built up about that, which you remember in the early stages, I thought like, I got to get the form absolutely right. Otherwise, you know, my spine's going to fly out of my back. Break in half. Like yeah, fish they, bones out of a fish, just like that's exactly the the analogy used. Like skeleton comes out, that's what would happen. Just fly out the back because they didn't have good form. Um, so I feel in general that my fitness journey has not just involved physical, I don't want to call them limitations, but physical 
come up with a good word because not a limitation in, in that we were able to something like that just hurdles Ail- that? hurdles okay oh, hurdles. oh okay it's something that you're getting over i don't want it to be like <laughs> oh, it's a limitation it's milestones. Way. It's like milestones, milestones like that yeah I, I didn't know what you were trying to say so sorry <laughs> but you intuited so i'm glad uh milestones okay so i feel like physical milestones yes but there's also been a lot of mental milestones that have gone along the way such as yeah. oh i can't do a deadlift i'll hurt myself or i can't do this i've got bad knees i can't do this i've got bad ankles and one of the best things that you've really shown me is well you know doesn't have to stay that way you can fix it if you know how previously obviously i didn't know how i was talking to a um, another fitness professional uh he owns a he owns a physical therapy center um and he wants to collab with my gym and uh we were talking about um a lot of things and he's very like-minded when it comes to my training style and uh with the like with with like the the milestones he's like people don't understand that it takes it takes steps and you can't just like you can't just jump into it and if you jump into fitness especially like something like crossfit or something like that if you jump in if you jump into fitness not knowing what you're doing whatsoever without any any kind of guidance or any kind of clue you're going to hurt yourself that's uh that's that, that's how he makes money is people with that with that <laughs> uh kind of you know mentality so he's like that and my dad's a lawyer like people going to jail that's how he makes money so like that's that's kind of like the same kind of process um but the next step is me and like personal trainers who know what they're doing and uh yeah. making sure that that doesn't happen again i actually prefer a client that has hurt himself once once or twice uh, because that fear is there, that um, non-cockiness, uh, the 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 not the well, well, Instagram and TikTok says this, so why are, why are we doing it this way? Thing, it's it's more like okay, I understand that I made some mistakes, and so <laughs> I am going to defer to you. And uh, I know that sounds like an unwillingness to work with somebody, but it's it's more like. It just makes a job. It really does. And you've been you've been a perfect client um, in that aspect because your willingness to one of the top ones I've ever had, and that is one of the ways that I create a client is the willingness. So kudos to you on that one. So um, how do, how do you like what we did today? Speaking of squats. Oh, okay. Uh, the first squats or the last ones? All day, <laughs> just the entire session. So, was it actually, yeah, going to be a funny story. You know, you were there. But the very first squats that we were doing were, what do you call it, chain training? So you yeah. had chains hooked on either side, and you said the chains weighed 25 pounds, something like that? Ish. Anywhere between Ish. 20 and 30 pounds. Uh, I haven't weighed them yet, but... Compared to the plate that I was holding, it was around 20. It could be 27. Okay. I think it's on the heavier side. Yeah, I think it's more like 27. So I actually enjoyed those. I, especially with squats, I think it's hilarious because in the beginning days, I used to tell you, like, I hate squats. Please don't make me do squats. Although, please do make me do squats because I want a, you know, aesthetic butt someday. <laughs> but, um, but gosh, from that to now where 
I kind of enjoy squats, or they at least don't petrify me like they used to. So I enjoyed the chain ones. And you're doing heavier, um, heavier than you've ever done. I still feel that. Oh, heck yeah, which yeah. that feels good. That probably less than half of this weight was able to blow my back out 10 months ago or no, 14 months ago. And now I'm doing quite a bit more. So that always feels really gratifying when you, and then you get back up and you rack it and you go, ah, hot damn, I'm patting myself on the back. Um, so that was the positive aspect of the squats. And then we went to the pistol squats. And I didn't like those. <laughs> and one of the things talking that we... about those, like, we... oh, okay. Yeah. I'm just talking about the squats themselves, like the squats with the chains. I wanted to elude chains. Talk about that a little bit. Um, but uh, I, no, I, I still want your opinion on like, how, how do you like regular training versus chain training? Like uh, what, what's your, what's your opinion on that? Um, that's a good question. Don't think about the science I, of it. Think about the preference. Well, I have to be a little subjective with this because I, I mean, definitely not going to focus on the science because I don't necessarily know it. Because on the one hand, how to put it's this? It's 50 pounds of chains. But... That's cool. I think, I think I enjoy it quite a bit, mostly because there is a slight, like, badass element to it that was in my facebook post <laughs> yeah. oh was it really yeah um, i said i said no not because you look badass doing it no not because of this and that no it's not hocus pocus um it actually is a real like valuable way of training and this is why <laughs> but you can talk about the the physical value of doing it but i just i i think it's cool like, yeah Freaking chains, mother, you know. Mother, mother. <laughs> Turn on the heavy metal. Dun, 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 dun. Please, what it seems like. <laughs> so you do like it. Okay. Um, do you remember do you remember um all the things that it's for? I'll give you my best estimation and you can clean it up. I'm gonna start my you... thumb right here on the screen, and as you be right, I'm gonna do this. But if you start to be wrong, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm so it's going to start in the middle right here. All right, go ahead. <laughs> All right. So one of the things that you talked about was the, I can't remember. It's something like musculature arc or muscle arc or something like that. Strength arc? No? Uh, strength curve. Strength curve. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm doing the there motion. It's, it's, half, <laughs> it's halfway up. <laughs> okay. So the strength curve in that, I'll I'll give you the, the bicep curl analogy that when you're lifting from fully extended to whatever, some angle, we'll say halfway, then that, I won't go into the full thing about it, but it's like you, you have a certain capacity there, but as your muscle continues to constrict, is that the word? Uh, contract. Contract. Thank you. Yeah. Um, your capacity goes higher because things are more densely packed. They're tighter. So that's why I might be able to lift something relatively light from here to here, but from here to here, I can get something a little heavier and from here to here, even heavier. Yeah. So I believe that that was the concept that you were going for because the chains, they're heavy, like they're 25 pounds or 50 pounds, whatever they were. And when I go down to the ground, I'm when tired. I'm at that like lowest state, you're fine. <laughs> when I'm at that lowest state, the chains have now gone onto the ground a little bit. So there's actually less weight towards mm -hmm. the, uh, towards the bottom, but as you extend upward, whatever that term is, 
the weight increases. So it's like heavier at the top than it is at the bottom. Right. Yes. And so like to kind of like, you know, polish that up a little bit. Um yeah. for the for the viewers. When you're using chains, it's just like uh resistant bands, um, in a few ways, but it's also not like resistant bands. This is how I like to explain it because uh, a lot of people understand the concept of resistant band, band training. Um, and they, they've probably heard about the strength curve and some people haven't heard. About it. So I'm just going to explain the whole thing. So with, uh, with resistant band, the more you stretch it, the more it wants to go back together. So the, the more power, the, the, the more you stretch it, the more resistance is happening. And so it gets heavier and heavier of a pullback. The more you the more you stretch out a band the more if you have a pile of chains piled up on the floor and then you take one link and you pick it up it's adding the weight of each link as it leaves the pile and so it gets heavier and heavier and heavier and so that is the same when it comes to following the strength curve the more it's off the floor the heavier it is and so the more the more uh, resistance is happening um, so you can do it with bench press, you can connect it to the bar, and then let it pile up on the floor. And as you're pressing up, it gets heavier. As you're coming down, it gets lighter. And so as you're releasing, it's getting lighter. And as you're going to the top and to the the big the big curve top, pinnacle, there we go, pinnacle of your lift, <clears throat> as the, that is where you, would, you are the strongest. Um, it is now the heaviest in, in the... Uh, in the lift and so that's a that's a great um comparison between resistance bands and chains now the difference is, is this resistance bands connected to something uh which it always will be connected to something and then you connect it to you know your point of lift it adds stability so it stabilizes a little bit for you so if you were to um let's say okay if you were to put um if you let's make it easy Put the band under your foot and you grab it and you stand up and you do a resistance band curl right where the band is stretching from foot to hand and you're doing a curl like a bicep curl right um you it's helping you because it's pulling straight down it doesn't want to go from side to side and so it's actually helping you stabilize and it's almost more towards a machine <clears throat> than it is free weight uh and if you were to do the chain uh if you were to grab grab a handle and there's a chain connected to it and piled up on the floor um it wobbles and so it actually adds instability it especially if at the very top of it the chain leaves the floor then it really adds instability because that tail lags and it wants to wobble all over the place and so you're actually more unstable and you're having to flex harder to keep it still and so that actually um engineers a higher muscle building because the central nervous system is recognizing that you are on an unstable surface or you are you are doing an, an extra unstable kind of activity and so your stability your stabilizers are going to get more attention than normally and without stabilizers you can't lift right it, people don't a lot of people don't understand that is that stabilizers are the 360 joints in your body so your shoulders your uh, hips your ankles, wrists, <clears throat> all the 360 joints, not a hinge joint like the elbow or the knee. That's not a stabilizer. Um, but 
if you train stability, as in like if if I'm trying to um, stabilize uh, it, that that chain that I'm holding, right, for a bicep curl, uh, I am uh, I am flexing my shoulder and flexing my wrist in order to keep it still, and that's called stabilization. And that's one of my favorite things about chains is that it actually adds in. And uh, that that that's a that's a major difference between bands and chains, and so I prefer chains over bands any day. I can see that. Did you feel like uh, so? Did you feel like, and you just did them today? Did you feel like those squats were harder with the chains? Did you feel like it was more stable or more unstable, or there was no difference? I, I'm not I'm not fishing. I'm not trying to lead <laughs> you to an answer. I want to know. This is my this is my mm -hmm. field research right now. Um, because if you shifted, like, did you feel like it, it like kept wanting to go that way, and you you weren't supposed to? I don't. I don't know that I felt a felt a real difference necessarily, and I think it's because I told you earlier. At some point, it's just heavy. <laughs> yeah, like everything is heavy. Everything <laughs> just feels tense all the time. So, well, even if you can't tell, that is what's happening. Okay. Think about it. I would guess a little bit of that. My, I caught my left knee wanting to go in a little bit, which we've been working to make it not the case that they're always going out. But today I caught that I was having to work a little harder to push out. So if that's a result of the change, then, then yes. So for anybody listening, if you want to, if you want to <laughs> duplicate this, if you have a home gym or you just want to bring chains to a gym, I'm sure they'll let you, and you're going to look like a badass doing it. Um, just mm -hmm. buy some heavy, heavy chains. And then um, what I'm getting is uh, I, I bought these calipers. They're the spring clips, um, and they're like literally this big. They're they're about seven inches tall, and you just slap them onto the bar. They're connected to the chain, and then uh, I I got three chains together as a bundle, put it on the same caliper, and then tight tightened it up, uh, tidied it up with a tiny caliper at the bottom, connecting all of them, and uh, put you put them on both sides of the bar. And you lift, you let them pile up on the ground, and then you lift, or you, that was me simulating bench press, or you do a squat, you do a row, you do anything with a barbell, anything with a dumbbell, anything with anything, really. You can add chains to it, and the third, and also a similarity to bands, the third um, benefit to chains is that if you're stuck in a plateau, it will break you through that within a week. Period. If you if if you're been, if you've been stuck at a strength ceiling for let's say three weeks to even three months, uh, and, and you've been trying everything, use use chains as a way to break through it because of the strength curve. You can add weight, and you won't even notice the difference. So add just one chain. Don't even add a lot of weight. And then the next time, do the same weight, but add two chains, and then and then keep going. Six chains doesn't matter. So. Uh, just like curve up to more weight. And then once you're up to the equivalent of some new weight of a new plate, take off the chains, add the plates, and magically you can do that now. And so that's that's a really good plateau breakthrough um, method that has, chains have been forgotten about <laughs> by, by the public uh, lifters. And I've not, I've not seen chains. I've been, in, um, I've been in many gyms. I've worked in many gyms. Um, I've, I've, in my entire life, I've never seen chains in gyms. I've only heard about them. And so my gym is going to have chains. <laughs> it, they do have chains. 
Um, I wanted to actually talk about the gym for a second. Um, mm -hmm. I'm opening a gym. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I'm, uh, I'm super excited about it as well as um, nervous, scared, terrified. <laughs> and uh, it, all of these emotions all at once. And it's more like uh, I know how to be a personal, I know how to be a great personal trainer. Uh, I know how to be all this and that. I'm a great salesman. Um, I go out into the community and I, I, I go and talk to people. I can talk to people all day. Um, and so getting the word out is not gonna be a problem. Uh, I'm a scientist, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a salesman, I'm a personal trainer, all, all bundled into one human being. Um, but what I am not is an accountant. <laughs> so I need to probably I need to hire an accountant. Uh, Stripe is doing that for me right now. Um, but as the gym gets bigger, I'm also not a lawyer. My dad is, but and so I need. Uh, I've been I've been putting together the legal side of it. Well, and I kind of wanted to um, go through the steps of how how I got to um, the point of where I am. Um, and. So I, I want to ask, I, I want your honest opinion, Duncan. How does uh, the gym look right now? I think it's pretty incredible. Like every time I come in there, it's in a greater state of order than it was before. And how you amassed as much equipment as you did, as fast as you did, is kind of mind-boggling to me as well. Can you believe that most um, of that came from Facebook Marketplace? Not really. Like, <laughs> maybe I just, yeah, I haven't known where to look properly on Facebook marketplace, but anytime and, I need something, I'm like, yeah, find Amazon. it. You found everything. Yeah. All the dumbbells came from Facebook marketplace. I can tell you that I am not all the plates, all the, anything that's heavy came from Facebook Marketplace. I've been buying everything for, and this is actually where it started. Um, I was like, I was thinking to myself, all right, so let me, let me start from the beginning. So I was working a lifetime, right? Uh, lifetime fitness. Technically they bunked off the fitness. It's just called lifetime right now, but um i was working there and they brought in a manager i didn't agree i was the second top paid personal trainer at lifetime in colorado springs and i was bringing in fourteen thousand a month 12 to fourteen thousand a month and um i was only being paid maybe five thousand four thousand five thousand a month and it was a little demoralizing not gonna lie because in able to get to fourteen to four fourteen thousand a month, twelve to fourteen thousand a month, you have to you have to be so stressed out. <laughs> it's not even funny. Like you have to be working so hard to and like it, putting in extra hours, working eighty hours a week, going in there when you're when you're really not supposed to, and like trying to yeah. trying to trying to get it. And then they, they're like, all right, cool. He's like, Tim, all right, it's time for your weekly uh, meeting. Let's, let's come in. I'm the new manager. Well, all right, I see what you're doing. You're doing great. All right, I'm just going to need a little bit more from you. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, first of all, fuck you. <laughs> Second of all, um, I'm, I'm at wit's end right now. I, I need to, like, step back. I'm okay with 10000 <laughs> They're like, no, no, no. We need to get you to eighteen to 20000 I'm like... Yeah, do you understand that my clients are suffering right now because I um, overextended myself? They're like, oh no, you can do more. I'm like, no, uh, I'm gonna focus on my clients, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna maybe you know charge less because right now I can tell that I can charge less. 
because my clients are suffering. And so I need to, I need to give a few clients. I had, I had about 35 clients and as a personal trainer, I can tell you right now, that's too many. 35 clients is, uh, is a lot like all at once, especially if you're only doing um, fitting them all into a seven day schedule that is not like a gym that you own that is only five to six hours a week um, in five to six hour bunks. That's every single hour. And then, and then some staying late every single day. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy. It really is. And um, plus think Duncan, I want you to, I want you to think about our relation, our like, um, client and personal trainer, like repertoire or rapport. There we go. Um, how much attentiveness do I do I direct towards? A lot. You're extremely available. Right. And how much thought uh, do you feel like I put into our sessions, progress, plan that you have, all that? I want an honest answer. I'll just two more. I, I don't have anything unkind to say. I um, I believe this has happened a few times, especially around June when I got when I was really in the heat of you know being sick or when I was in recovery, and you would have something planned and you would walk me through like this is what I had planned for today, but I was such low energy because again my body was going haywire, and you would say, okay, we're just going to pivot and we're going to work on this instead because we want to continue to send the muscle building signal or you don't want to lose progress over here. And that really showed me that one, you had pretty methodically planned out what we were going to do in a given session, but two, you were flexible enough. Well, I guess beyond the flexibility, you had a repertoire uh, large enough to be flexible if there was some reason that we needed to deviate. Um, for example, I remember there was a time uh, I think it was actually back to the pistol squats when you, we were still at planet fitness and you were having me do the pistol squats on the BOSU, uh, BOSU ball. And you were like, just drop, just drop. I'm like, no, I can't. My knees are going to snap and my ankles are going to buckle. And I was just like, so full of fear about that. <laughs> you are still in fear of them today. I'm just letting you know that. <laughs> uh oh, hold on fellas. He's, uh, He's frozen in time. The aliens got him. Give him a sec. Give him a sec. So I am watching the stream over here on my phone, right, and I you're back. my face is actually still frozen over uh, there. It, there's going to be a delay. There. There you go. Cool. All right, go ahead. So, so I left off at the the Bosu pistol squats. Yeah. Anyway, long story short. That took a really long amount of time because there was some kind of mental barrier that I had, whatever. That's just to say that you had to pivot because you probably had, or I know you had a sequence that you wanted to get through. And I knocked out 30 minutes just because, you know, infantile fear took over. <laughs> so, so that's to say, I've never had any doubt about your sequencing of things uh, or your flexibility and your repertoire to be able to make adjustments on the fly. And I think another thing that has really proven that is just over time, even some of the things that I didn't understand at the moment, why we were working on them specifically around the mobility work, because I remember you would get the bands and you would say, okay, you're going to do this and you're going to do what's that called? Oh, isometric, I think. 
we're going to do some isometrics today. And I would just be standing there. I'm like, I don't even look like I'm doing anything. Like I'm straining <laughs> myself, but I, I literally look like I'm just standing here with a strap around my ankle. And I didn't mistrust you in those days. I was probably just a little frustrated either way, but it wasn't until afterwards that I saw my mobility improving in a pretty substantial way that I thought, okay, even when there are things that you are asking me to do in a session that I don't see the value in, or I wish we could jump ahead a couple steps, or it doesn't seem to me as strenuous. And I'm like, no, I can take more. And you're like, nope, we're going to stick with this weight. Every time that you've done that, it's been rewarded. And so that continues to build up good stock with me, if that makes sense. Okay. So if I had 35 clients right now, do you think that you'd be getting this of attention? <laughs> no. Okay. So that I, all of this was, all of this was like, was, was on my mind. And then he was asking me to do more. And I was just like, that was, that was it. That was it. I don't agree with, I don't agree with the way that um, I was being managed. I didn't agree with the way that they were trying to push me for more money. Um, I didn't agree with uh, some of the science that they believed in um, because it's not science, it's just propaganda and it's popular. Um, I didn't like, there was a lot of stuff that I just didn't agree with. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, I've had a five-year plan and I've reached, I am the best personal trainer in my opinion at this gym. And this is the best gym in America. Well, the best brand in America. Um, I want to start my own gym. And I was like, okay, I quit. And that was it. And they're like, what? And cause I was one of, I was, uh, I was a third of that department's revenue. And uh, yeah, so I was like, yeah, I quit. And they're like, what? No, you don't. I was like, yeah, I, yeah, I do. <laughs> I'm out. They're like, well, can we do anything? I was like, no. No, nah, I quit. Here's my two weeks. And they're like, oh. and the thing is with Lifetime, they don't want you to put your two weeks because they don't want you to try to steal clients. So I was, they were like, no, nah, if you're quitting, you quit. I'm like, okay, um, have, have a good life, guys. And so um, I went out and I, I started my LLC. I, um, first I looked up online, I was like, how do you start an LLC? And then uh, I, in Colorado, it was fairly easy. Buy one for uh, you have to register, you have to put in all this information, but afterward you have an LLC. Um, then uh, I started um, learning how to establish a business. And right now my, my business is actually the address that's back where you uh, I need to change that, but I'm waiting. There's some things, that, there's some requirements changing and starting it out. Um, but that, that's going to happen too. And so there's all these things. And then um, I was like, okay, freelance personal trainer, here I come. And I did, my initial thought was not, I'm going to start a gym. My initial thought was, I'm going to start a personal training business. And I was like, okay, start a personal trainer and company LLC. Um, I'm going to go out and personal train. Uh, I went and found some gyms to train out of. And I started my outreach. And... Um, I do everyone else was like, you can do it, blah, blah, blah. And then, but I was like, all right, cool. You want to, want to join me? Uh, and they're like, no, <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. Uh, and so 
and then I I started to do more. And I was like, okay, um, I have some really good clients right now. I'm being paid in full. Like I'm I'm being paid me. I don't have to pay anybody else. Um, and I I made it in a way like that's why we trained to plan a fitness is that and I and I did that at a couple other gyms, like the Y and things like that. Um, so where I didn't have to pay the gyms either. So it was all just me. And so I was like, all right, um, I have great clients, this and that. And and then I was like, all right, I want to do more. And then I started the website. Um, and then after that, I started the YouTube videos. And after that, I started the podcast. And um, after that, I was like, all right, what's next? I was like, I have to open a gym. That's, <laughs> that's what's next. And I was like, okay. Uh, and that, at that moment, that, that scared me. I was like, that's a lot. <laughs> like that's that is a big step. All of this stuff right now, I can. Um, I'm, I'm just like I'm. I'm doing what I'm comfortable with. Starting a gym, and and running a gym, being a gym, a gym owner. That's uh, that's terrifying. And so it took me a few months to do that. But after I saw that, um, I was getting more clients, and they were happy with me. While training in Planet Fitness, that means that they were happy with me, and they didn't care that they had to go to Planet Fitness. Like the the good outweighed the bad. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to uh, mm -hmm. I'm not trying to like talk bad about Planet Fitness. I actually like Planet Fitness because there's dumbbells and there's there's dumbbells. There's the Smith machines. If you know how to, if you're creative enough as a personal trainer, you can you can actually get a out there. It's just Everyone there is talks about pizza wins. Well, if you indulge in that, that's on you. It's a gym. It's ten dollars a month, a free shower, free massage chair, and there's weights. Like it, I don't see anything bad with that. But mm -hmm. um, people will think it sucks. So <laughs> like, I don't know why, but they do. So uh, like, you were okay with going to Planet Fitness and um, all these things. It was Amanda. So, Clint, like all these, all these clients were like, yeah, let's do this. And they were seeing results. And I was like, okay, I need to go to the next step because something about me is that I'm never satisfied. I am always, I am always starting. Always. And, and so I was like, all right, the next step is, is a gym. And so I was like, all right, the first thing I'm going to do is just start buying weights. And I saved up, saved up enough money to start doing that. And uh, the income that I was making supplemented. And so I started buying weights and started stashing them under my house. All, all in this process, I also bought a house. And so that's, that was the first house that I bought. And um, it, it was all of these like big moves that I was making. And I was like, you know what? I got some momentum right now. I'm just going to keep going. And so... Mm -hmm. I on Facebook Marketplace. That is where I live right now. <laughs> uh, I started. I started buying. The first thing I bought was uh, the 100 to 125 dumbbell set. I think that was the first thing that I bought. And it was a thousand dollars. I was like, okay, as soon as I buy this, official thousand dollars on these bad boys. Uh, there's no turning back. So I bought them, and I was like, all right, let's go. <laughs> and my yeah. throughout this entire process, my girlfriend has been. Um, very supportive. He's like, if this is what you want to do, I think you can do it. I, I was like, really? She's like, yeah. 
you're crazy. <laughs> like you can definitely do this. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> and so um, I kept buying and I kept buying. And then I was like, hold on a second. Um, let me check online and see what the prices are compared to the Facebook marketplace. Then I found some things that were cheap on online as well, including the squat racks and the, the leg press. There were there's people out there for the same leg press. They want like twenty four hundred dollars. I found it for eight ninety nine, and I was like, cool. And so I started um, I started buying all these things, and all the while, because I bought a house, I know the value of a broker. I know the value of a real estate. And the thing is, the buyer doesn't pay them, so it's all free. And so I was I I went and got a commercial broker. So a, com a commercial um, real estate, and all the while I'm going to different different buildings, and with my real estate agent and or my commercial real estate broker, and uh, checking out different buildings, looking at price ranges, understanding what I didn't know, that kind of stuff, a lot of stuff, and like what an NNN is, is basically it's basically the utilities for, um, the, like the tax, the all these things that are extra. On, the, on top of the commercial building itself that the that I have to pay for. I found, and so, not to talk bad about, about anybody. Um, actually, I'm not gonna say that. All right, so, we found the building that I'm at. Let's just put it that way. And um, I'll say it, I found the building. And got the process started. And I was like, okay, this is it. Let's do this. And my broker was like, really? Because I, I had turned down like 12, 16 buildings. <laughs> I was like, no, I don't want this. <laughs> I was like, this is too far. No, no, no. Like, this is 25 minutes away from my house. I don't want this. It's perfect, but too far. And so I found a place five minutes from my house, less than five minutes from my house. I'm, it's like three minutes from my house, dude. It's like 1.1 miles. <laughs> it's, it's pretty dang close. It might be like three miles. I don't know, but it's pretty close. And uh, I was like, this, this is it. Because let's, let's say it's snowing, right? And my, or my car breaks down. I could walk there in, in half an hour. I could probably jog there in about 15 minutes. And so, yeah, it's, uh, that, that's, uh, once I found it, I was like, okay, I have spent a lot of money equipment. But as soon as I sign this three-year lease, there is no turning back. Because I can, I can sell all of this equipment and actually make a profit. Um, I had already spent a lot of money on it, but I bought everything thirty percent of what they were, what it was worth. Like I bought th those dumbbells. I bought a thousand. I bought eleven hundred and twenty-five pounds of dumbbells for a thousand dollars. That usually costs about twenty-five hundred to thirty-five hundred hundred dollars. So I can I can go on Facebook Market, resell them, and I'll make a huge profit, including everything that I bought. So let's let's put it this way: if I go out of business, I'm gonna be a happy camper uh, for an exit strategy when it comes to selling all these. It's probably only uh, appraised. But anyways, I signed the lease and I got I got everything going. I, I put everything in there. Um, and that's kind of where we are right now. It's 90% set up. I would say 80% set up right now. I bought the acrylic um, signage, which is the signage is like the big sign, the big billboard sign. 
Um, and the only thing left to do now is to, oh, the Gallagher uh, 24 hour perimeter security. Um, that's going to be, that's another thing. Uh, I, I saw that at a different gym. I was like, I want, and that gym isn't the highest, uh, caliber gym. I was like, this is probably cheap. And it was, uh, it's, (laughs) it's, it's, let's put it this way. Um, it's about a 3000 to $4,000 install, but afterwards it's $50. And so that's fine. And uh, he's letting me do an installment um, of like 350 bucks a month until it's uh, entirely paid on. I was like, cool, I'll, I'll get that now. <laughs> and so that's going to be a major thing to make yeah. my 20. And I also got the uh, Google Nest cameras that are uh, 24 hour surveillance, <laughs> the insurance. That's another thing that I'm still working on. Um, that one's going to be a doozy. And, uh, but all this stuff together and hopefully with a big launch um we're about to open next month in about three weeks so mm-hmm. yeah <clears throat> so that's that's where we're at right now and currently i'm soft open where i'm training my clients in the gym right now while i'm still setting up because i have uh i have like four squat racks i got uh the three bench presses i got I got all the essentials, basically. And so far, Duncan, you sound like you're happy with it. All right. He put, he, for those of you not watching video, he puts thumbs up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's kind of the story of um, how I opened a gym and uh, op- how I am opening. And that's uh, that, with all of that going on, that also goes into why I haven't been doing the podcast. Because I've been stressed out of my eyeballs. <laughs> that, that's, that, that's why. <laughs> Anyways, what uh, what's your thoughts, Duncan? Oh, plenty. So I'll backtrack to when you were at Lifetime. I I I oof, make a little connection here. I had a coworker way back in the day when I still lived in Albuquerque, who used to. She eventually quit that job and found something hopefully more fulfilling. And it's because she continued to say, you know, I'm not valued here and I know what my worth is. And um, I've come to understand that none of us are necessarily paid what our worth is. If we exist in a job situation, we're paid what the position is worth. And essentially, this might sound cynical, but the position is worth, how do you put it? The least amount they can pay you to make it competitive or in other words, the least amount they can pay you to get you to not quit. Because uh, then you have to, if you do quit, you have to have this whole risk assessment and, oh, is it going to take? So you, a lot of people stay in unhappy job situations much longer than they should because the risk of doing otherwise is so uh, disagreeable to them. So for this step. reason, it really is. it's a huge step. Leaving stability. Because cause that's exactly what it is. People stability and security people will forego we'll say living their life purpose or any kind of fulfillment for the sake of stability and security which isn't necessarily a bad thing we all have to eat and we all have to have some form of shelter for ourselves um some people but, have, some people have kids and yeah all, exactly. I mean, a lot of people have kids and that means that you're not just responsible for tiny human mm-hmm so it makes sense why why people might choose to stay in a job situation, but you decided to take the leap into entrepreneurship. Now, here's the fun thing. I, I told you I'm really interested in entrepreneurship and what that even means because I feel like 
along with a lot of other things on social media, that's become a buzzword that in some cases doesn't mean much of anything anymore. Anybody with a camera and opinions can call themselves an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm an influencer. But I pulled this up because I told you I, I'm really interested in it. So I've actually done a little bit of research on it. Like, what does the word mean? Where does it come from? Where have we gone wrong in our estimation of what the word is supposed to mean? And uh, for the linguistic folks out there, sorry, I'm going to butcher the French language. Actually, no, I'm probably going to do a decent job with it. So the original French is actually, I believe, three words. So the first one would be entre, so entre, which I believe means like enter, so in the middle of something. And then there's pre, which is P-R-E, which essentially means before, like pre-something. And then the next one is entre, which is to seize or to take. So the idea is that you're... You're seizing an opportunity. You're embarking on an undertaking. And the cool thing about entrepreneurship is that there's no ceiling to how much you can make. It depends on your ability to hustle, which you have You have a good hustle and you have a good momentum. The scary thing can about I, entrepreneurship is there's no floor. Please do. There's also another thing about that. There's no ceiling. It, it's not just about hustle. I also believe um, it's about things one how uncomfortable are you willing to be so if you if mm -hmm. you are um planning on making no uh live like you only make five thousand a year um if you um feel like lost it for come back <laughs> if um hey, one being uncomfortable two uh hustle and three um creativity i believe uh, mm -hmm. the the creativity side that's that's one of the most important um because ideas are easy uh execution hard and so the combination of all three being uncomfortable hustling and creating that's how that's how you succeed. and that that's just, that's just my two cents about it no actually i'd agree because i believe that the creativity piece is you are embarking on unexplored territory and therefore you have the ability to make decisions for what you think is going to be best in business and if something is not working what generally happens in a job situations something's not working and people complain about it oh gosh it sucks why do things have to be this way because they don't necessarily have the ability to make those changes um, and also sometimes it's because they don't have all the information so they're complaining about something that can't change but you being the entrepreneurial one the one who has started this endeavor and the one who is owning all of this you get to make those course corrections and say, eh, I don't like how this is going. Let's move over here instead and try something new. Um, as far as the discomfort piece goes, I think that's really, really invaluable also because when I'll talk about toddlers, if you were to give a toddler everything that it wanted at all times, then without ever ceasing for however long it took, then this kid would be 500 pounds, die of a heart attack at five, and their brain would be mush because they would never want to look up from the damn iPad. So that to me is kind of an encapsulation of the comfort zone. Like my comfort zone is I don't like getting out of bed and I love the bathtub. I, I'm, a, I'm a prissy thing. I love scented bath salts and stuff like that. But if I don't get out of the bathtub, give me a sec. I love you, but go, go lay down. Sorry. He's so obedient. Um, but if I never pursued any kind of discomfort, then all I would ever do is lay in bed, eat cake, 
and alternate between bed and bathtub. So I feel like a lot of times people, they will put themselves in a form of discomfort that they think is necessary, but they won't do much more than that. For example, I've been on fall break. Tomorrow I have to wake up and go back to work. It's not going to be very comfortable to have to set the alarm clock, whereas I haven't had to in a while. But that's kind of the discomfort that a lot of people are willing to do. I'm willing to set the alarm clock every day for five days a week and go to a job where parts of it I enjoy, parts of it I don't, because that's every job. But the ability to say, I'm going to flood myself with discomfort because that's what it means to take on an entrepreneurial endeavor and to put myself in that amount of risk, that, that's a little bit more uncommon. So that, that anyway. is actually where I thrive. My is fight or fight kind of uh, area mm -hmm. of life where it's like, oh, everything is going terribly. And I was like, all right, time to make a game plan, time to get serious, time to get structured, time to go, go, go. And that, that is where I make um, the best decisions, best plans, and like, that is where I succeed the most when I am uncomfortable. And so I've, I've kind of learned to lean on that and, uh, and put myself in uncomfortable situations on purpose. And that practice has actually, um, has actually made me excel in a lot of things, uh, more than just entrepreneurship, but also in like social, social situations that I used to have huge anxiety issues. I used to like, I used to be terrible at everything. <laughs> but but I just I throw myself into it. I'm just like all right, I'm here now. <laughs> Deal. And so mm -hmm. um, when I quit Lifetime, I uh, it wasn't a decision that I. It's a decision that I that I have been thinking for about six months. Um, not six months, three months. Um, and it was already in the plan, anyways, because I moved to Colorado to. Um, join lifetimes. I was in Florida. Uh, I was at that gym, and then they were like, "Tim, you're the best personal trainer here. And this is weak sauce for you. Like you're barely mm -hmm. being paid anything. You need to go lifetime." It was one of the founders of the Colorado Springs. He moved. He was like, "Tim, you need to go." I'm like, "Really? Okay." <laughs> so I packed my dogs up into a U-Haul, dragged my Mustang, and and <laughs> went over to Colorado. I was like, "Hey, can I have a job?" And uh, they're like, yeah, you're, that's impressive. I was like, cool. Um, and uh, yeah, so throwing myself into situations is how I how I thrive. And I don't I don't I don't think too much about it. I just I just do it, and I hope mm -hmm. for the best. Just yeah. <laughs> do you know? Might not be the safest thing in the world, but it, it's worked out oh. so far. Yeah, I think I'm going to bring up a couple movie references. Firstly, have you seen, I know you don't watch as many movies as I do, but have you seen The Dark Knight Rises? Oh, yeah. I love okay, see, I, mean, I figured that was a standard enough one. What was the thing that Bruce needed to learn in order to get out of that pit? Was to get rid of the safety net because he continued to have that rope around him. And every time he jumped, he would miss the mark. But once he got rid of that and he jumped, he was able to make the reach. So I kind of think of it in those terms yeah. that if you are going to attempt something more entrepreneurial, you better be all in, <laughs> especially thing, the way that you've gone about it with, um, 
you know, I'm going to move from here and I'm going to open a gym because why not? It's like, holy crap, that's kind of a big thing. And you said, okay, yeah, but I'm doing it. And there's no, there's no pussyfooting around. Just go for it. I think, I think that fear stops a lot of people. Um, oh, heck yeah. But also the, the lack of belief. I, I jumped um, knowing that I could do this. And if I can't, then I'm wrong. But my thinking isn't, I hope I can do this. My thinking is, I'm doing this, and I know I can. And if I can't do it, if, if I fail, then I failed, and I was wrong. And I have, a, I have a lesson to learn from it, but the entire experience itself is is something worthwhile anyways, though, so, you know? Um, I, I do believe something huge, that is, um, you only, I know that this is going to sound stupid, the whole YOLO thing, but I'm not, I'm not going to say, I'm not, it's not towards that saying it's, it's more, you literally, you literally only live one. Literally. Um, you only have about 75 years in life on average. If you're lucky, that's 75 summers, 75 springs, 75 winters. Um, that's it. And at 38, you're halfway done. And um, I just turned 30. And if you're in a situation in life that makes you unhappy, leave. If, if you are generally unhappy, you need to change that because you are spending a finite amount of time in this life. And if you spend it catering to other people's beliefs and catering to other people's catering to oppression catering to things that bring you down and you are not happy and you are wasting your time if you are a, if you're homeless but you're happy if you're in the woods every day and you're going out and hunting and you're doing the, everything that you love and you're happy screw everybody else that that's how you choose to live your life. i like creation i like to create things i like and I like systems, I like patterns. I like, uh, I like all of that jazz. I hate history. Like I'm, I'm a very analytical kind of person. Um, and so I like building and that's what I'm going to because it makes me happy. I love systems. And so I'm gonna build a gym empire. That's my goal. And I did not, I was, I, I was a correctional officer for four years, about four or five years. And um, the last two years I realized I was completely unhappy. Uh, mm -hmm. and I was like, screw this, screw this jazz. Uh, and I used the last year to study, to be a personal trainer, uh, on the night shift. And then I became a personal trainer and then moved to Tallahassee or I moved to Tallahassee as a personal trainer, transferred over there so that they had to pay for my, meal. but then, yeah, I quit and became a personal trainer. Um, so biggest take on that is if like, I truly believe that wasting your life if you're doing if you're if you're like genuinely unhappy and you need to seek happiness and that is the answer to life is to pursue happiness the pursuit of happiness is is the answer that that's my opinion i also love the u.s of America specifically for its capitalistic um uh features. free enterprise yeah free enterprise capitalism is highly underrated People actually don't understand capitalism. They not at all. All those people that are complaining about McDonald's work hours and Amazon work hours, 
and not being paid enough to flip burgers and and or being unhappy at their job or hating their boss things like that you don't have to work for them you don't have to work for anybody you can work mm-hmm. for yourself if if you really want to you can be your own boss and that is that's amazing that's freaking sweet like that's mm-hmm. that's one of the coolest things in this entire world is that you can start a business if you got if you got any like any brains worth a damn you can you can go do it you can do anything you want i don't care if it's a lawn mowing service you you can go do whatever you want as long as you got the balls to leap and that's that's really it if you love your job and you love working for somebody and you love the person that you work for and you totally believe in the company and 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 you are happy that's what matters you are happy in the job that you're in Day, because you're happy. My girlfriend, she works. Uh, she's a top, very um, top end manager in management of uh, the business that she's in, and she loves her job. Loves it. She also gets paid a lot, and she's like, "I'm never leaving." I'm like, "Hey, I, I try to talk her into like like starting a business and quitting," and she was like, "Tim, I lo- I love my job. I'm happy." I'm like, "Okay, you're right. You no no, you're right. If you're happy, I fully I fully support your decision and." That's that's all that matters. It, that really is, and and so when people tell me that, like, ah, it's, uh, I'm I'm surviving. Like that's terrible. <laughs> like, yeah. Fuck that. I, I'm I'm gonna go live. <laughs> that's what I'm gonna do. Mm-hmm. I heard it said pretty recently. So many people are. I can't remember who said it or where I got this from, but so many people are so fixated on making a living that they forget to actually live. And yeah. Um, but I want to, if I may backtrack to a couple things that you had said that I agree with, but I'd like to kind of press a little bit if that's okay. What's up? So you had said like the, I'll see, I got a lot of thoughts on this because you'd said the purpose of life is to be happy essentially or to pursue happiness. And I agree ish. I agree in so much as we can define happiness as long-term fulfillment. Because again, if we go back to the whole idea of the comfort zone, what would make me happy? Ignore my alarm clock, eat cake, and go in the bathtub. But that is a very well, hedonistic temper. Let, let me ask you this. Would that make you truly happy? It would not. But that's what we're talking about is in I'm a talk, short-sighted happiness versus happiness. the longer term. General yes. Happiness. And I think, we're talking about, Dope, I think we're talking about the same thing, dopamine, which is that. Dopamine happiness, not serotonin happiness. Not the quick, fast, cheap happiness, but long-term general happiness. Like, would you say that you're a happy person? Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, that kind of happiness. See, and that's why I knew what you meant, but I'm like, we'll clarify that a little bit. Cause, cause yeah, we'd I'm also not talking about, about go do meth and heroin every day and, <laughs> and, and just be on Actually. the moon and then, and then just, you know, be dra- dra- dragged out, all, drug out all day. No. <laughs> so that, that's not uh, what I'm saying. <laughs> there's this seminar by Jordan Peterson, great, great man, great mind, great speaker, and he he was saying that a lot of times when people say, "Oh, I just want to be happy," he says, "You know, you have to make that differentiation." And one of his things, uh, his examples is if you're only after short term, what would that be? The serotonin or the dopamine? Which is the short term? Serotonin. If you're only after the serotonin, then why not cocaine and hookers? Just a steady diet of that. Why not? 
But if you're actually interested in something with staying power, lasting power, then you do have to put yourself in a little bit more discomfort, uh, which is something we talked about. As long as part of it. owners that have a building with weights dumped in it. You did it because you're providing a service that is valuable to other people. And okay, you pop the headphone off. Go ahead. Hold on. Hold on. I can't hear you. One sec. All right, go ahead. I'm back. All right, all right, all right. Restart everything that you were saying. Yeah, from the cocaine and hookers. I'll, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Te Great place to start, guys. So if you're only after the uh, short term, no stress. So if you're only after, if someone is only after the short term hedonistic pleasure, then like I said, Jordan Peterson says cocaine and hookers. Why not? All day, every day. So, but that's not going to be a good long term strategy. So. What you're talking about is you have that long-term goal. It is a worthy goal. It is something that you were aiming at that when you achieve, or even as you're incrementally getting towards it, you can feel a sense of fulfillment and success. Um, but also there is the discomfort that you need to put yourself in, in the pursuit of that goal, which, you know, discomfort doesn't sound like a, like it's related to happiness, but it is because by putting yourself in a place of discomfort, you have grown your capacity, like you said, even socially. But then even on top of that, oh, that's what I was saying is you, the service that you are providing is actually what eventually will lead you to success because you didn't open a gym just because you wanted a building with weights in it that never are used. You wanted to open a gym because one, your own personal experience with your own fitness journey going from, what was it, 280 pounds, 285 pounds to whatever you're at now and you also want to share that with other people. So the idea of kind of creating happiness or pursuing happiness is so enormous and multifaceted because it requires you to one, pick a direction to go at and pursue it with tenacity. One, figure out how this direction that you're gonna go is going to advantage other people. And then what are the minor or major discomforts that you have to place yourself in the way of in order to become the kind of man who can achieve those kinds of results. Does that make sense? Yeah. Perfect. No, I agree. It's, um, I, I just think people, a lot of people waste their lives trying to um, fit into society, fit into the norm, and uh, that's not how innovation mm -mm. All these businesses out there, like the average person doesn't think that they can start their own business. And honestly, the average person can. 
um, all these all these people out there that have started a business, they they they're people. They're not superheroes. They're just people. Got fed up mm-hmm. and they wanted to start their own stuff. That, that's really it. Uh, I'm gonna wrap up the uh, podcast here. Thank you everybody for watching. Again, this is the Buns and Thighs podcast. It's a personal trainer and company production, um, and now it's part of the PT PT and C gym. Um, it's we're gonna actually start recording in the gym, like a gym slash podcast studio. And uh, I want to shout out Mind Pump as the um, biggest inspiration towards a lot of everything that I do. So uh, I'm Tim. I'm Duncan. And uh, peace out.